0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which engages us comes from our epistle lesson today, Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, where Paul writes, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Thus far the text. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, Leonard Bernstein, the world-renowned composer and former conductor of the New York Philharmonic Orchestra, was once asked the question, what is the most difficult instrument to get into the orchestra? His response? The second fiddle. He said, I can find plenty of first violins, But to find someone who will play the second fiddle with enthusiasm, now that's a challenge. Playing second fiddle in life can be a bit of a challenge for us at times as well, can it not? Because it involves humility. Humility described by St. Paul in our Epistle lesson for today as counting others more significant than ourselves as looking not only to our own interests, but to the interests of others as well. Notice St. Paul doesn't say we should never look at our own interests. He just says we should not only look at our own interests, but at the interests of others as well. And in these words of St. Paul in our epistle lesson, we find what we might call a direction of humility. And that direction of humility is away from self. It's away from self-importance. It's away from self-interest. It's away from self-service. And not only is that direction of humility away from us, but it is also toward others. Thinking of others as more significant than ourselves and looking out for not only our own interests but for the interests of others as well and that is hard for us to do because by nature we are not wired that way in fact that old sinful nature that we still carry around with us unfortunately would point us in the exact opposite direction away from others and towards ourselves. That old sinful nature can cause us to look at one another and see one another as rivals, or as competitors, people that we must outdo, or at least appear to exceed when it comes to things like career, or earthly achievement, happiness and pleasure, possessions, ...or any other earthly standard of measure. Count others more significant than ourselves. Look out not only for our own interests, but the interests of others. That's a challenge for us. We're simply not wired that way. And we have to admit also that we live in a world... ...that would encourage us to think of ourselves as the most significant and to promote ourselves and so we watch award shows on television in which movie stars and television stars and recording artists come together to celebrate how wonderful each is and grant each other awards. And we have to chuckle that we even have a phone called an iPhone upon which we can take pictures of ourselves and post them for the world to see. We have to admit that even the world would cause us to think of ourselves as the most significant and look after our own needs and promote ourselves. And we have to admit, it feels mighty good at times when our ego is stroked. It feels mighty good when we're compared to others and judged to be superior to them. It feels mighty good when this direction of sin points back to us. But in contrast, we have the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate and perfect example of what Paul is talking about in our epistle lesson for today. Certainly, he thought of us as more significant than himself, Surely he looked not only to his own interests, but above all to our interests as well. And so in verses 6 through 11 in our epistle lesson for today, words that we think were originally an early Christian hymn or an early Christian creed, Paul details how Christ, being in very nature God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped or held on to, latched on to, and retained. Instead, he made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant and being found in the likeness of man. This same Jesus Christ, who is fully God, with all the power and all the glory of God, voluntarily for us, temporarily set aside the full use of that divine power and glory and made himself weak, made himself vulnerable, subjected himself to some of the limits of his own creation so that he would hunger, he would thirst, he would suffer, and he would weep. Things he had never experienced in all of eternity— but he experiences them here, with us and for us. And then there is that ultimate expression of humility when he dies for us. It's the very reason he came into this world, to give his life as a ransom for us, as a ransom for many. And now, by the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, His perfect, sinless, humble, selfless life is credited to each one of us. It's what God sees now when he looks at each one of us. And so now, as people who have been released from our sins and released from the guilt of our sin, we have the freedom to live a life that is characterized by the direction of humility, a twofold direction, if you will, in our lives. First of all, directed toward God, in all thanksgiving and praise for what he has done for us through his Son, admitting that, but by the grace of God, there go I, and a life that's also directed in humility toward the others that God has placed around us. How well it's summarized in Scripture. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Today, God would have us look away from ourselves and look not only to him, but to those he has placed around us in our lives. Thinking about how we might consider them more significant than ourselves. Thinking about how we might be mindful not only of our own interests, but of their interests as well. And for those of us here this morning, we don't have to look very far. We can start in our own homes. For those of you who are married husbands and wives... Each spouse looking not only to their own interests, but to the interest of their spouse. Each one of them thinking the other to be more significant than themselves. It happens in the home as well, between parents and children, between brothers and sisters, each one thinking of the other as more significant than themselves each one looking not only after their own interests, but the interests of their parents, their children, their brother, their sister. And that extends right here, then, to our St. Paul's family of faith. As we gather each and every week, not only to receive the gifts of God through word and sacrament, but to pray for one another, to help one another bear the burdens of life, to offer a word of encouragement, a word of comfort at times, to make those burdens a bit lighter for one another to carry, or to offer a word of joy and happiness, rejoicing with one another as blessings have been received. So many of you sitting here today are so very good at doing just that living a humble, selfless life with one another, counting others to be more significant than yourself, and looking not only at your own needs, but the needs of others. And no doubt many of you sitting here today know firsthand what it is to be on the receiving end of that kind of humble service by your brothers and sisters in Christ right here as pastors, it's such a wonderful thing to behold, but it's even a more wonderful thing to experience firsthand in our lives. And there is one final and ultimate direction of humility that we dare not miss in our text. That direction is upward. As St. Paul recounts for us how the Father highly exalted Christ giving him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And this morning, we give thanks that just as the Father exalted Christ, so also through Christ he shall exalt each and every one of us that the point of our death our soul shall go to be with the Lord and then on the day of Christ's return our bodies shall be raised no longer bodies that are tainted with the effects of sin and then glorified body and soul we will live with one another and in the presence of our Lord in an eternal existence that is described in the book of Revelation as an existence in which there will be no more weeping or mourning or crying or pain, an existence in which God will wipe every tear from our eyes, an existence in which God is making all things new. Just as the Father exalted Christ, so through Christ will he exalt each and every one of us. Until that day, with the help of God, we pray that we might live a life characterized by the direction of humility, counting others more significant than ourselves, looking out not only for our own interests, but for the interests of others as well. Knowing that it's pleasing in his sight, we pray that he would give us this direction, the direction of humility in our lives. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. We now confess the Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Please stand.